I'm here to talk about a project that I've been involved with for the last, um, oh, there we go, two years already, um, which is uh, Metavid. So that the image that's ghosted behind the, the word Metavid there is, is taken by uh, a government employee every, almost every day, almost every weekday anyway. Um, Congress meets in Washington and um, we have these remote controlled cameras that uh, government employees operate on our behalf. Um, and this is open content. And uh, this is kind of the story of that content. Um, so what is Metavid? It's an open access archive of video and associated metadata from US House and Senate floor proceedings. Uh, it's entirely open source and patent free from the ground up. And it's open content, so it's public domain mostly. Uh, and we'll get into that. Um, so it came out of the UC Santa Cruz Digital Arts and New Media Program where both I and my collaborator, Michael Dale, um, were MFA students. Um, and uh, it, it actually started with some research that uh, we were both doing some research on archives. I was looking at um, how public domain content can sometimes fall into this hole of enclosure where you know, even though we're supposed to have access to it, we can't always actually even get at it to, to use it, to reuse it. And um, so I thought I'd be able to put that down and make some art. And what I wanted to do, it was 2004, it was the time of the elections, I wanted to get some video footage of debates, uh, the presidential debates and some uh, congressional debates, cut out everything but the pronouns. Right? Pronouns are these kind of interesting semiotic devices. When a politician uses them, it's even more interesting because they claim to represent us, right? So when they say I, we, I thought I could just cut them all down to that and it would be kind of a cute little project. Uh, and then I started looking for footage. And what I ended up with, I don't know if it's kind of small, but I ended up with a shopping cart from cspan.org, which is really like the path of least resistance to congressional footage, right? And so I ended up with two coffee mugs for like six bucks a pop um, and some footage and it came out to $1,700 minus five bucks. Um, and so in kind of like looking at best practices, this is maybe what inspired uh, these some bad practices. And um, so I, at first I was kind of surprised and, and I went in and I looked, um, there was some talk of like what um, policies, educational use policies might look like and here's C-SPANs. And so they have a policy that educators can use any C-SPAN programming and they have a lot of their own proprietary programming that they do like Book TV, Washington Journal and they exempt um, the public domain material that they carry that's in this license. So it's clear, okay, well it is public domain. Um, but it's 30 to $60 an hour. So when we started looking at this process, um, here's how things were. So um, they were taking the government feeds that go to the press gallery. Uh, they were rebroadcasting them. They'd put them on the web for two weeks in 160 by 120 pixels, that postage stamp that somebody was talking about earlier, in real video. Um, after that point, it was 30 to $60 per hour from their archive and they would make you sign licensing agreements. Um, hearings, not public domain. Copyright C-SPAN, Lido hearing enters public domain in 2101, at least their coverage of it. 
uh, on web for a very period, same size, lots of money. Um, wait, what's that license about? Okay, well, you need a license to do public performances, documentaries, films, television. This is in addition to the $1,700. So this is like way beyond what an art student could ever dream to afford. Um, and then here's all the things that they just absolutely don't permit. Duplication, posting on the internet, airing on public access, fundraising use. So we have some enclosure take, uh, taking place at a few different levels. Um, real video. How many of you have ever tried to download a real video file and use it for something? How did that go? Yeah, okay. I don't, <laughs> what? Right, but it, I mean, it was pretty much designed to make that really difficult. Um, so they have a physical archive. It used to be tied to Purdue University. It's not anymore, actually, uh, and access is pretty limited. And then they have these license agreements that further limit what you can do with this footage of what the people who represent us do. Um, and so uh, Mike and I started talking about, well, how could we reimagine this? What, you know, how can we contest this? And what's possible with current and emerging technology? And so kind of looking at the, the architecture of what they had done as a recipe of Maybe we should try doing the opposite. Um, well, it's open content. It should be easy to save. It should be easy to reuse and repurpose. Um, if somebody wants, you know, if somebody looking at a clip of their representative, they should be able to keep it on their hard drive forever. You know, it's their employee. Open technology. Uh, which, there's so much to learn from the open source community in terms of interoperability and being able to share with each other. Um, so we started looking at all of these different projects that were out there, um, some of them that were already working together and, and some not, not so much. Um, some of those icons might look familiar. Um, and we started tinkering with them, seeing what would fit together, what wouldn't. Um, I know it's a little small, but here's the $3 um, cable splitter that we got at Radio Shack. Um, so we have the, the cable feed that we split so we can get C-SPAN 1 and 2 for the House and the Senate. Uh, here are the two $50 TV capture cards that bring you uh, MPEG-2. Uh, here's the Linux box that we built. And uh, here's some free software and um, some other sources of metadata and a bunch of hard drives. Um, so um, we started archiving video. Um, but not just video. Uh, along with this cable signal of video, you also get closed caption text, um, which we thought could be interesting to use down the line. Um, and we also had these names that C-SPAN was writing on the screen of who's talking. And so we started thinking, well, wouldn't it be cool if we got some open source OCR software and actually read that off so we knew who, who was talking? It was kind of a joke, but like two weeks later, we'd, we'd done it. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'll show the project now. Um, so we've been archiving uh, Senate and House floor proceedings since last January in uh, a video format called Og Theora, which most of you have probably never heard of. But it's uh, completely patent-free. It was developed by Onto, the people that developed what 
it's now flash video, but they actually gave their patent to all of humanity to use for whatever they wanted for this older technology that they developed. So here is just the directory with all of the OGS in it. Some of them are 200 megs, some of them are many gigabytes. Some days go eight hours, sometimes they show up, you get a Pledge of Allegiance and an opening prayer and they go home. Um, <laughs> really. Um, and you know, th that's kind of the thing, like if you buy $1,700 worth of tapes from C-SPAN, you get these long, like sometimes eight hours, eight hour days. You don't really know when the thing that you really want to look at is. So having this video as, as linear video, as those of you who have tried to watch C-SPAN probably know it, it's really unwatchable. And so that was a problem for this kind of interesting project that we were trying to build. Like, well, okay, now we've got these really long video files that are unwatchable, great. You know, you, they're bigger than postage stamps, they look okay, but well, how do we make that usable? So that's where the closed caption data became useful because that's timed text. When you have timed text, you can use it as a search index. So if you search for something like Etch-a-Sketch, and it's actually looking for Etch and Sketch, but here are all of these clips of Byron Dorgan, and he, he's done this like on six different days. Okay, this is our Java player being kind of funky in Mac Firefox. So, since not all browsers are alike in their ability to play Java, you can actually take these links and copy them directly into VLC, uh, which will play them really smoothly. Um, in the next version of Firefox and Opera, there will be native Theora support, um, which is going to make things a lot better for us. Um, and there's also actually a VLC Mozilla add-on that plays it more smoothly. Um, you can also actually download these streams directly to your hard drive. Um, so this is about 35 seconds of him talking about it to sketch. And you have this long URL here that shows what day it is. This is from 2006. Uh, one hour, 24 minutes, and 49 seconds in. And uh, 35 seconds beyond that. And you can actually change these and select a limited portion of the video. It will grab just that portion and rewrite the, the keyframes for you. So you don't need to download eight hours to get a particular portion that you're looking for. Um, so, okay, that was closed caption text. That was kind of, um, having that layer of metadata kind of enabled some interesting kinds of searches. We also had the names that we're able to read off the screen. And that made us really curious. When you know who's talking, there's all this data about who they are, right? And so I'm gonna, I guess this is still coming in. Um, this is kind of an experimental overlay mode, which um, kind of demonstrates the advanced searches. You can search by person, you can search by what they said, and you can actually bound it with date ranges. Um, all of these searches are also available as an RSS feed, so you can subscribe to it in Democracy Player, keep an eye on a particular issue as said by a particular person, for instance. Um, but 
so when you have this information about who's talking, you can also go out and find information about them. And so what this is going to do in a minute here is uh, it actually goes out and gets campaign finance data about who's talking uh, in real time based on the OCR name data that we have. And so it'll be Saxby Chambliss, and I'm sorry the audio doesn't work on this, but Saxby Chambliss, he's talking about the impact of uh, border <coughs> security on agribusiness. And we'll see how that goes. I might actually have to let this load and move on while it does that. And I'll show it to you later since we're tight on time. So uh, core components, Augtheora, it's uh, basically a streaming codec, but we're also archiving in it. Um, 300K per second and 900K per second. The high quality streams are a little bit less funky than stuff we've seen on The Daily Show, which is kind of a threshold for us. Um, it will have native support in Firefox and Opera, uh, probably November. Uh, Anodex is uh, open source technology that lets you grab these small portions of a video without having to download the entire thing, which when you're dealing with nine hour video files um, is pretty important. Uh, we're working on moving all of our closed caption text into MediaWiki so people can use that to correct the mistakes that tend to occur to annotate and uh, to create links. Uh, we've got many hundreds of hours of video. Um, you can play it in the browser, external applications, uh, RSS. It's easy to embed for bloggers, um, like on our blog. We continue <coughs> on funding for Iraq escalation. I want. <coughs> running. Well, he reads this, this great version of uh, Humpty Dumpty. Uh, and I don't see VLC running in limited on time. So. Um, things we're working on are retaining the MPEG-2. Um, because as of now, the MPEG-2 is very large. We transcode to AUG and toss it out because you know we've only got six hard drives, not 60. Um, I, we have a bit to go on usability. Um, playing in the browser on, for instance, Mac Firefox is like the boogeyman for us right now. Um, come November, like I said, native support should be in there. And with so many senators and a couple of Congress people running for president, should give us enough time to really expose that. So I'll break for questions if, well here I can show you the Saxby Chambliss thing. So here's um, data coming from Center for Responsive Politics about the speaker. You can see his, uh, his profile there. You can see sector totals, agribusiness, and finance are right on top. Makes it a, a much more interesting way to watch this footage. They're not always so direct, but there's often a connection. <laughs> 